The Movie Hour, episode 232, May 22nd, 2013. The following episode does contain some spoilers concerning Star Trek, as well as some serious swearing. Enjoy the show, everyone. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Phil Hartman's Tragedy Comedy Movie Hour. I am, of course, your host for this lovely evening, and it is lovely. It's a lovely day. Uh, my name is Greg Maloney, and joining me for tonight's episode are my brother James and everyone's favorite, Jeff. Welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Hey, kids. How's it going? Hello, Hello. everybody. Hello. So, is it a lovely day where you guys are at? Jim, I assume, you know, you're only a couple miles away. You know, yes, maybe it is very lovely. Uh, not really. Jim's here with me. Jeff is also kind of here, kind of kind of not, but it's been good, good weather here, and uh, it's going to get a little cool this weekend, but... Wherever you guys are listening, I hope the weather's actually working out for you. It's going to be a, an interesting weekend. We're going to have a Memorial Day weekend here, so that's kind of cool. A little long, long weekend. Are you getting Friday off, Jim? Uh, no, I'm leaving an hour early, but... That's totally off right there. That's Yeah, I, I have to prepare to go to my soccer tournament. Soccer tournament? Yes. Okay, that sounds just like a bunch of hogwash is what it sounds like. Okay. <laughs> Um, the <laughs> Your opinion is noted. What you should prepare for is probably a drunken feature for either Fast Furious Six or Hangover Three, one of the two. Do you think Fast Furious Six ever goes to like film festivals and releases? <laughs> like, does no. that kind of movie ever get like <laughs> an entry at the Tribeca or something? It goes. It goes to college campuses and plays <laughs> a couple times. That's it. Um, I was thinking I, about that the other day. <laughs> Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope it does. And um, yeah, between everything that's coming out, like it's uh, it's gonna make more than Great Gatsby, and not that Great Gatsby was that great or anything. We spent all the last podcast talking about. Ripping it, come it. on, man. It's true. It's probably here's a good question: Is it gonna make more than Star Trek? Star Trek Into Darkness released this weekend, which uh, James has seen. We'll have a review for you shortly. Uh, pretty much made the same as its predecessor made, uh, seventy million for the three day weekend. It's only like 70 compared to what was it? We 170 for Iron Man, which yeah. we were, so yeah, nowhere near close to that. So I guess yeah, I, I didn't think it would be close to it, but I thought it'd be more than the guy. Yeah, I must admit, that's pretty crazy. Um, and I'm surprised. Uh, like it'd be interesting to see if Fast and Furious Six makes more than Star Trek. Okay. It probably. I'm will. curious, like how the other ones have done. Any idea? How the other ones what have opened well, Fast and Furiouses? Yeah, like a lot. Like I think it was two Furiouses ago. It was <laughs> two it was Furiouses like, ago. <laughs> it was like a hundred grand, a hundred million. Yeah, it was. It, it, it absolutely was, yeah. crushed it. Gonna have to get the interns on that for sure. Yeah, Fast and Furious was like the relaunch, and made all sorts of loot. Let's see, opening weekend. Da, 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 Seventy million. So the, that relaunch of fast and furious made 70 million is that the right one yeah anyway right in that ballpark then yeah it'll be interesting to see if it pulls it off and i think probably will dude there was a bunch of talk about the new star trek movie that this latest one was more slated uh towards the male demographic or at least it turned out that way where it was something like 60 like 64 percent viewers were male versus uh versus female and uh you know, versus all those other sexes. And that's different and, compared to the other ones or something? Yeah, it was a little less slated in the first Star Trek, and they were just talking about how they're going to be more and more screwed if the males are the only ones seeing these movies, and um, which was part of the why it only made $70 million, not enough females showed up, etc. They need Kirk to pop his top. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Pop his top. <laughs> pop those pants off, Kirk. 
I guess you can give us the the male perspective uh, for the review uh, when it comes to that. There is a pretty just blatant use of sexuality in it. It's pretty funny. Pretty close to like the the green chick in the first one. That's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, sorry, I'm just enjoying a tasty beverage. There are other things I want to talk about and kind of dig up, and that is if you're a fan of the show. You've probably heard of something called the Gary Sinise Fan Club Movie Hour, which was our first podcast. Um, other, than the, other than the lost episode, uh, it was the our lost, first... Which I think might have also been called the Gary Sinise Fan Club. <laughs> which uh, aired back in September 2008, if you can fucking believe it. And we talked about, on that podcast, we talked about the possibility of an Arrested Development movie. I remember this. And... Today it still hasn't happened. Being the twenty second, it still hasn't happened. Being the twenty second um, of May two two thousand thirteen, we're finally going to see at least a continuation of Rust development in the Netflix series being released on May twenty sixth this weekend, and possibly a movie afterwards. It's still open. It's still, it's still. Well, open. that's the game plan. That, right. That's, that's, that's the, the yeah. thought process. Yeah. Yeah. I um I can only speak for myself, but. If you had asked me what can Netflix do to get your business back, Jeff, I would have said nothing. Absolutely nothing. But I would have been wrong. They're, they're doing it exactly right. This is, I mean, this is just a, an absolute fucking coup. Um, House of Cards was great, but this is, this is, this, it's, there, I wouldn't have thought of this, and I'm a fucking genius. Uh, so, it's brilliant. I'm, I'm going to be happy to pay them money again. I was going to say, are you a Netflix subscriber right now or no? Um, let's say I was in flux for a little while and sort of had a, uh, an account that I had access to, uh, <laughs> but that, that well is dried up. So I'm, uh, I'm working on my, on my own now. Yeah. It's, I'm going to be watching for sure. And I, yeah, I hope it lives up to our expectations. I, the format's a little different from what I understand. Like right, they're focusing on one character for a while, like for each episode or something. Right, like that. right. From what I understand, it's also supposed to be not like real time, but a that person's view through the same like week as every other person's going through that same week kind yeah, of thing. Okay. So, uh, there were comments about I think there was an interview with Jason Bateman about like yeah, you can watch an episode that kind of follows me around and then see Job go by on a segue and then look at the episode about Job and that see where he was going. <laughs> yeah. Right. See where he's taking off to kind of thing. Yeah. That, which is going to give it excellent replay value. I think, it, I think it really like, uh, I think it goes nicely with the whole like self constantly self-referential referential nature of the show. Right. And the fact that it's all released at the same time, cause you'd be kind of pissed if you had to wait around and right. catch all the jokes. But, um, which yeah, I so, think is why it struggled to begin with. I mean, it's definitely made not... me watch four episodes in a row. Right? Yeah, like everyone and their you know the recurring jokes, no one would pick up on it just watching one episode or anything like that. So it'll be nice that it's all at once here. And then the jokes about incest jokes—that was always good. <laughs> yeah, people didn't really like that. I don't get it. <laughs> some people, some people, Jeff. Let's not let's let's not invent lies here. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I was. I had another comment about Arrested Development. I lost it. It's gone. I lost it. Let's talk about the Gary Sinise fan club movie hour a little bit. Uh, the other thing, and this is actually old news, but I realize Jim probably has no idea about this because it's on the internet. And you know, Jim, like we've we've got you a Wikipedia. Computer. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. We we set it all up trying to get you all all set up there with your computer and your mouse and your keyboard. And I know you're kind of on the internet, but it's kind of cute. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, are you guys you guys are familiar with uh, the website Kickstarter? Yes. Jeff. Yes, I am familiar with the website. Right. Kickstarter. So, for all the all our trying listeners, to get my brother to use it. Yeah, for all the all the listeners out there, uh, Kickstarter being a place where people can go, pretty much put up a promo video or just an idea that you have the ability to, to create a project that you're working on and you're looking for crowdsource funding, crowdfunding, and recently it's been a huge hoopla which is why I should, probably should have brought it up earlier on the Hollywood Hunter, High Hunters, Hollywood Hoopla, was uh, Zach Braff uh, being the genius of uh, Garden State and Scrub, <laughs> Genius Scrub. is a strong word. Yeah, you said it first, so I figured I could just throw it around willy-nilly after you said it about yourself. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> I was using it sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> I was using it ironically. <laughs> May I speak posthumously? <laughs> By all means. <laughs> Oh God! All right, this is going to be a great podcast, I tell you. So, <laughs> like to say something incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach Braff put up a Kickstarter project, which is called uh, "Wish I Was Here." He's trying to get enough uh, crowdfunding for his own movie, pretty much a follow-up to uh, Garden State. And I think he was looking for something like I think he was looking for two million. Um, he was going to front a lot of money on his own, but he needed a little extra to keep uh, keep his hands uh, and creative freedom uh, available to him to uh, create what he wanted and not let uh, some production company come in, put up all the bills and uh, pretty much get final cut privileges. So what's interesting is he got the money for it. He got 2.8 million and a lot of the internet was up in an uproar. You know, it was, I don't know if you you know, you might've heard this in your section of the woods, but people weren't happy that Zach Braff was using Kickstarter when Kickstarter seemed to be a little more grassroots for people that actually like projects that needed actual help, not a project that he could probably have got this movie made yeah. somewhere. But he yeah, decided... I, I um I put my four hundred one k into Goldman Sachs on Kickstarter <laughs> or whatever. Exactly, that's you, that's a perfect joke. I don't understand how banks or money work. <laughs> I don't understand how any of this does anything. Um, but yeah, it's the idea being. Do you guys, my question to you guys and the listeners to think about would be, do you guys care that established celebrities and possibly, you know, even like established writers, directors would go to citizens like us, you know, maybe, you know, not like us, we're, you know, we were privileged, but uh, the people of the world and ask them for money to make a movie that they want to make when, you know, they could probably make it by other means, but they want to, you know, use us to keep their uh, creative freedoms intact. How do you guys feel about that? James, I'll start with you. I have no problem with this whatsoever yeah. because of one thing. If you don't like it, don't donate money. <laughs> right. I know. Right. <laughs> Just don't give them any. If other people want to give them something, God bless them. Who cares? <laughs> Just don't do it. That's why you're not going to survive in this new world. That, that attitude's not going to cut it. <laughs> I don't know why, but like I, when Jim said that, my uh, what immediately popped into my head was the very old Onion. Uh, I don't even know if it was an article. I think it might have just been a headline. But poor, pathetic fuck's favorite movie, Garden State. <laughs> 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 um, but no, you're absolutely right. I, I agree with Jim. I think it, I, I think it's a little. I, I, I mean, I think it's a little ridiculous that Zach Braff feels the need to, to put his thing. I mean, re- realistically, he asked for what? Two, $2 million? Yeah, he, like, <laughs> he doesn't have $2 million, but at the same time, if everybody felt that way, they wouldn't have given him 
right. $22.84 million. So, I mean, to each his own, I, I don't like to see it taking up space on that site. But then again, I look at a lot of the other shit on there, and I think it's probably... The fuck, right, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I've been involved, you know, our, our second love would probably be video games, and I've actually helped, you know, I'm, I'm proud of it. I've helped kickstart a couple of video games. And uh, Word for you. Geppetto. Yeah, Geppetto. Geppetto. Make it. But, and to be clear, I think, I, I don't have the number, but I'm pretty sure Braff's putting up like $3 million of his own money too to help get this thing launched and taking like pay cuts across the board and all that. This is the weird. second movie I've heard getting its start through here. Uh, Veronica Mars, that old TV show, has supposedly got its own movie now. Yeah, that happened before this, and it kind of inspired him to do that kind of thing. Um, yeah, the Rob Thomas creation, Veronica Mars. Um, I guess, yeah. you know, and that's sort of an interesting, um, I like, if Arrested Development had done this, I would I would have been all for it. So I guess I guess it's just, you know, a matter of what you like. I probably would have thrown 10 bucks at Arrested Development. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And what was, what's uh, the creator, Mitchell Hurwitz or something yeah. like that? Um, yeah, like if he said, hey, guess I'm what? I'm really I mean, trying to make, get this thing made, like right. he wants to do it. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Mitchell Hurwitz, yeah. Um, it's it's interesting because I think we're going to see more of it, which is the reason I wanted to bring it up, even though it's kind of old news, and I wanted to get Jim's opinion, Jeff's opinion. You know, we know what Jeff's opinion is. How's that work exactly? Do you know? Like, you put your ten bucks in, it's gone, or it, it reaches if it reaches the goal, they set it. Whoever puts up the page puts up a goal and says, if we reach this goal, we're going to make it, and we're going to promise you these things. So if you put in ten dollars, like they'll make tiers, and if you pledge ten dollars or more, you will get, for instance, for the. Uh, Wish I Was Here movie by Jack right. Braff, you would get a production diary. But if, like your 10 bucks is gone immediately, but if they don't meet the goal, it gets refunded? Return. Correct. Okay. You got it. Um, and uh, then there's all you know all sorts of tiers usually getting to higher and higher of thousands of dollars. Like, oh, go meet Zach. We'll fly out here and stuff like that. Um, so I'm pretty sure this is how Scientology started. $150 and you can get a signed Garden State DVD. (laughs) Are you a fucking time machine back to 2007 when anyone gave a shit? (laughs) (laughs) That is the actual actual thing. I had to check to make sure you weren't just pulling that out of your ass. Um, That's the actual thing. It should be. It's going to be cool. It's reality and a joke. It's 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 all of it combined. Well, I guess we'll see it soon. You can be an extra for twenty five hundred dollars. There you go, Jeff. That's within your price range. Do it. Uh, How do you know what I'm thinking about donating to Zach Graff's stupid fucking movie? All right, all right. That's that's it for the Holly Hunters. I would hoople. Let's go to uh, let's do the movie reviews. We got stuff to talk about. Um, James, you've got Star Trek to discuss. We're going to do, like, what, a spoiler-free thing for the beginning? Is that the idea? Yeah, I'll be generic in the beginning and then warn you when I'm going to screw shit up. Okay, so those, those that are listening, you've got some safe time, and we'll give you another we'll give you another warning before any spoilers hit the, hit the streaks here. So, James, go ahead. All right, so, yeah, I saw Star Trek Into Darkness in theaters now. Um, it is the second movie of the, the restart, uh, directed by J.J. Abrams. Um, in this one, uh, Starfleet is attacked directly by this terrorist and feelings are hurt and feelings are hurt. The enterprise has to go hunt down this terrorist. Wait, how, how quickly does that happen? What you just went through? Um, 10 minutes. Real, no, because in the beginning they have like one of those James Bond esque like, Oh, we're on a different mission at the moment. Oh, join us in action. And then yeah. it does one of those. And then Kirk gets yelled at for breaking the rules and he's kind of shamed and loses his captaincy. And now he's got to earn it back on this mission. So anyway, um, so yeah, so then, um, 
you know, the terrorist attack happens at headquarters and they have to go hunt this guy down. There's video footage of him and they know who he is and where he, they find out where he's at and they go get him. So that's the, the plot. Um, and this movie continues where the last one left off as far as quality. Um, a lot of good points are upheld. Uh, most importantly, the cast, which I really enjoy from the first one. Kirk is still the womanizer. Spock is a little bit more feeling the old Spock, but that's true to what they started with the first film. Uh, her is still the, you know, the sassy girl and bones is good, but he still feels like he's doing an impersonation instead of acting, but he's still entertaining. Yeah, he, it's really an impersonation. Yeah. It, it, it still works for me, but yeah, it definitely feels like an impersonation, not just him acting. It's kind of a weird little line. That that's what you get from the horse master. What yeah, you that's to... right. It's kind of hard to pick somebody <laughs> from the lead from doom and to be bones. Well, he was, he was dread too. back off. Oh yeah. Sorry. And then, yeah. And then Scotty's bringing up uh, the rear with the, the humor and stuff. And he's good in that. But, uh, um, and yeah, the tone is still good and the action is up to par with the old one and it's a really good movie and I think you should go see it. But okay. now let me get into the spoiler part. So if you don't want to hear some specifics, tune out for a little bit. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, is that his name? Yes. Cumberbatch. Yes. He plays the villain and like everyone suspected, he does play Khan. Khan! And he is really good at Khan. He, he's a very theatric performance. Um, I mean, his dialogue just drips with gravitas. and That's because he's got that kind of English. Thing yeah, he's, he's good. He's a good theatric villain. Um, they do, like, he's still like the old Khan where he's supposed to be this genetically superior being. So they play that up a little bit. They kind of cheat on the rules here and there. Like, sometimes he's not affected at all, and sometimes he's affected. So that's a little... Much... Wait, wait, what do you mean affected? Like, like there's one scene where... Somebody can punch him, and sometimes... Yeah, like... there's one scene where Kirk goes bonkers, and it's like a little kid, like, attacking him, and he doesn't even feel it. But then, like, somebody else attacks him, and, like, he's getting hit by the blows and getting knocked back and stuff. So they kind of... Don't stay consistent with that, but it's not a big deal. Um, but uh, there is one part towards the end that is pretty much a knockoff slash homage to Wrath of Khan directly. And depending on your viewpoint on this, it could make or break the movie for you. Um, I'm kind of in the middle on it. I enjoyed it and was bummed that they did it at the same time. It's kind of weird. Right. And the part I'm talking about, and this is a huge spoiler, so definitely don't listen to this if you're going to watch the movie um <laughs> the ship is in trouble and they literally reenact the part where spock has to go save the ship by going into the reactor room and repair it and he perishes and all that stuff except the roles are reversed it's kirk instead of spock i cannot wait for searching for kirk yes so they I do they do all of that and it's i mean it's very like not quite line for line, but it might as well be. Is there is there a live long and prosper situation? Yes, there's all that. There's the leaning up against the glass. There's the hand touching, like everything. Who, sa- who says I will always will be and remain your friend? Like, does that happen? Yes, that happens too. Oh, I cannot believe it. Are yes. you serious? Yes. And then there's also the yelling of Khan, uh, but it's not in the same context, but they put that in there too. And it's, it's very just stolen from Wrath of Khan, which was kind of cool, but it kind of just, like... The part that bugs me is they spent the whole first movie telling you how, hey, you know, we fucked with time and now we can do whatever we want. And they just went back to the old thing and just did what the second movie did anyway. So 
know what the real tra- guys at the end? You know what the real tragedy here is? Is you've just spoiled two movies for Jeff. That's <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Rathacon's dead for you. No, I know. No, I knew that. I knew something yeah, he, bad happened to Spock because the next movie is called The Search for Spock. Yeah, I, I'm not yeah. stupid. And, and this is all from our our infamous episode of Best Death too. So <laughs> he, I'm sure he's very familiar with it. But anyway, um, so yeah, so that was. Like I'm still undecided how I feel about that part. Like it was a cool homage, but it was like literally just stealing it from the first movie and just seemed like lazy writing to me. So, <laughs> hey, you know what people like? Come on, let's do it. Yeah, and it wasn't the suit. Like it wasn't the utmost climax in this movie. There's still more of the movie, so it wasn't the very end or anything like that. So that helped that it didn't just end on that note. But still, like it, it was kind of big. So. <clears throat> Since we're in spoilers, okay. spoiler mode, Khan. Yes. How early, like, I understand that he gets captured early, right? Yes, yes. How early does that happen? And are they at some point, like, doing the, okay, we're enemies, but we have to work together situation? Correct, yes. They do that? Oh, they my do. God. This, like, this they is do not this. sounding the best. They do it because, it like. It like a lot of things blew up, though, in the, uh, you know. Yes, yeah. Um, this, in the chronological, or, like, in the timeline that you know, it's this is before he gets marooned, I believe. Khan. So like this is Star Trek original series. Con. Yeah, exactly. So it's not you know in the same time as that. So so there's a sequel looming, basically. Right. <laughs> like it's set up for a sequel for sure. So it, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, does, like, it, does he get marooned on City Alpha Five or whatever? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Oh, this sounds it's, bad. It's like, hey, we need to put this guy in storage. Let's throw him all over here. This sounds bad. Yeah. So, so it's like the tone and the action and all that is still all intact. The personalities are intact. But this plot device right there is just, it's its weird. It's very weird for me. Okay. I have more questions still. Okay. Um, Alice Eve gets shown in the trailer. She does. Is she in? Is she play an important role in this at all? She does, kind of. Yes. Is she um, the love interest that dies in the first twenty? Basically, minutes? the whole story, and I'll just—I might as well just go full bore and just ruin everything at this. Why point. not? Um, uh, the um, Starfleet—they're the ones that created this superior being, and um, basically, the Uber General wanted to pull him out of stasis because he had these guys in stasis to help, pretty much get a war going and you know do that whole thing where well we need to get war going and you know stimulate the economy whatever it was i don't remember the reasoning i was just blown away about this other shit but anyway <laughs> acid mines get them out of there so that sounds the, like uh star, star wars phantom menace yeah <laughs> we gotta have a war don't worry yeah. about why it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway um he's the general she's his daughter and she's suspicious of his doings and kind of like stows away on the enterprise to kind of investigate some stuff that he had smuggled on there. And she, I was just talking about this before the show. Uh, I, her name was very familiar to me and it, it took me forever to figure out why. And it's because she plays the woman that Kirk in the original movies that Kirk hooks up with and has a kid with. Nice. So, 
Interesting. Yes. She, she um, is Dr. Marcus. She the Enterprise? Does she end up on the Enterprise? Yes. She, st- she gets on the Enterprise under assumed ident- identity so she can investigate some stuff on her own and then uh, Spock outs her. What's the ratio like in the trailer? Like it seems like this is all on Earth. Like how much of this is... That was kind of cool. I, I didn't like the old series and that was never on like futuristic Earth. They had the one whale movie that was, you know, in current time for us viewers but not in the future the but uh, Chum, is that the one we're talking about is that the yeah boy Chum, yeah the whale one yeah um but which will be referred to now as the whale one. the whale one but yes there is a decent amount on earth um a lot of the like timeline between kirk being reprimanded uh the assault on starfleet uh this other terrorist attack on a starfleet uh, outfit uh, in london uh that all is done on earth so there is a good half hour or 45 minutes maybe well maybe not yeah probably about half hour it's right so let me let me try to sum this up for in my head what it sounds like this movie is okay more of the same worse writing with con yes like the, it's it's all good except for that plot section right. right there like i enjoyed everything except for that little section hmm. um all right like, I, I didn't mind the whole we're working together you know there's this, there's actually a really great line in the movie, and it's like Kirk and and uh, um, Khan have to go pretty much take on the ship of the the Uber General because he's come to take care of business on his own finally. So they're working together, and Scotty's there with them, and uh, Scotty's kind of in the dark about what's going on because he joins in late, and he's like, "All right, well, you know, when we get to this room, take out Khan." He says that to Scotty, and Scotty's like, "I thought we were helping him." He's like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're helping him. <laughs> so it was like kind of funny that okay, they realized that how obvious this is, so they made sure to com- you know comment on it in the movie. So it was, it was a pretty good line. Lastly, we were talking about the whole male female thing. Yes. What was the whole like male, like just completely? All right, this is for the boys in the crowd. Like, what do you t- what were you talking yes, about? Yes, there, the, uh, Dr. Carol Marcus, like for no reason whatsoever, like tells her or fills Kirk in on the bad shit about these these uh, photon torpedoes that have been stored on the Enterprise. And she has to jump into a different suit. So she, like, walks with Kirk. They jump in this, this shuttle. She asks him to turn around, and she literally, like, undresses, and he turns around and looks, and she's basically in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just bad. totally gratuitous. No reason whatsoever. Just, hey, I got to show a chicken in a bikini. So, in general, yeah. in general... People go see it, and in general, Star yeah, Trek. Like, I still enjoyed it. It's just this part bugs me, and yeah, like it didn't. The people that I was with didn't bug them as much, so maybe it's fine. And but, what version did you see? I just saw the normal version. I didn't do 3D or anything. Boo! Boo. I would have done IMAX, but they don't do just IMAX. You have to go see IMAX 3D. Well, <clears throat> tough titties. You're missing some money from me because of that. Listen up. That's, yeah, that's seventy million. Could have been a lot higher, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, so, yeah. So if that's gonna bug you, I guess it doesn't matter now because I told you all about it. But <laughs> all right. But, but it, I have. Go for I it. have something to talk about. It's pretty serious. Okay. Uh, I ended up catching Upstream Color, which we've talked about a little bit before. This is the second movie uh, from our creator. Producer, writer, Shane Carruth, not Tommy Wiseau, Shane Carruth. Can I ask you an opening question first? Yes. Have you seen the trailer before seeing the movie? I did. 
And does it like give you like did it file suit with any of that? Like oh. I've seen the trailer a few times and I'm just going, I don't know what the hell is going on here. The trailer. <laughs> so I guess we should go into another thing. This is another situation where we can kind of get into spoilers and not. I know Jeff, you probably don't want to hear too much. If, I'm interested in this film, so right, okay. right, okay. So I'm gonna spare. Wait, Jim, did you see Primer? I'm sorry, I've not seen Primer. No. Oh wow, okay. So I've got no setup for this whatsoever. We pity you. We pity you. Um. So, I guess I, I will not. I'll not spoil anything. I will go into what the plot is in the first like twenty, thirty minutes of the film, and that like it's kind of weird because I, I had no like when I was first talking about this film, I was under the impression that it was kind of like two people that were dealing with some like a difficult past with a relation in like relationship together, and that's kind of what you're dealing with. But there's a whole other side of this that I did not know about going into it and it's dealt with in the first 20-30 minutes of the film um, and uh, I'll get to that in, in a second but I just want to point out this movie has been I think 8 years it's something ridiculous I think it's been 8 or 9 years since Primer mainly is because uh, Shane was working on another movie called uh, I, I think it was called A Topiary for a while that just ended up collapsing on him a couple of years ago. So he actually produced this movie in like three or four years. It's just, he wasted a lot of time on another project that didn't end up coming to fruition. Um, but anyhow, uh, what's interesting is since in primer, he pretty much composed, wrote, produced, starred, directed, uh, it's a similar situation with this one. And the music in primer was kind of, it kind of didn't exist. It was there. A little bit, but it's very the, minimal. I think right. The I think soundtrack it, I think in this it went nicely much. with the movie, though. What's that? I think it went nicely with the movie. Don't right. you? I agree. I agree. I'm just saying, like his com- the fact that he composed Primer wasn't a big deal, but he composed for this film as well, and it's very prevalent in this movie. And I think he did a good job. That's what I'm trying to get to. Just a couple, a couple themes here, and the music and the sound in this is actually like very thematical with what the what the movie is. Um, in the beginning, you have um, kind of a newcomer, and Shane Carruth actually does star in this movie. But um, I'm trying to remember the girl's name that stars in it. It's uh, Amy Simetz. Simetz. I don't know. It's it's some name I can't pronounce. Um, who's done a lot of a lot of TV, a lot of movies on the independent circuit. She's actually done some production too. And you will see her in the trailer. She's the girl in the trailer, and uh, Shane Carruth's pretty much the only other big character in this. And you get into her, introduce to her character, and she's pretty much just you know a corporate wor- woman doing some work. And you realize in the very beginning of the film, the first shot, which everybody, directors, writers, everybody's put a little bit extra work in, the first shot is concentrated on what we, what us in our elementary school world would be called those like paper chains. The paper chains you'd make. It was right. like a giant one in a in a garbage bag, like kind of in a dump, and that's like the very first shot. And you get introduced to Chris, who's Amy Simetz's character, and you find out she's doing well for herself. She's just like single female, uh, living alone at her house. But you also get introduced to what is pretty much like a behind the scenes, like underground drug where it's almost like a toxin that's created from a grub. There's a like a little worm grub thing that produces a toxin that will make people kind of like mimic each other, like feel each other's emotions and stuff like that. And 
as like you as you go on through the movie, you find out more about this drug and how it works. But in the very beginning, this girl who's kind of got everything together um, ends up getting a grub like forced down her throat into her body, and that changes like her relationship with everybody, and she ends up being you know not herself for a while. And what ends up happening is you find out that more and more that this drug is prevalent everywhere and that it's like doing something to the community and doing, doing, having an effect at a greater level than just like individuals. And that's actually the basis of the film. And I won't go in any more plot beyond that. It's just, what's interesting was I had no idea that's what it was about to begin with. And I know we've talked about primer a lot and how much, you know, not knowing anything about primer going into it was cool, but I think what I've just told you doesn't affect what's what's actually yeah, it's happened. already totally different than what the right. trailer like it's already totally like that's a and the big... trailer i'm assuming like someone like had an accident and like had brain damage or something i couldn't remember stuff like i just, right, exactly. I had no idea what was going on and um off the bat i was impressed with the movie i am not sure if i liked it more than primer or not but you can definitely feel what i like about like shane kruth's editing is it's fast and it's kind of paced like it's uh, rhythmic almost and even though you go through like he'll show shots that are almost like two three seconds long which is pretty quick of an edit and he'll do it rapidly like multiple times in a row and with uh, the soundtrack he's created I think it works out pretty well um, and I think uh, Amy and Shane uh, the two main actors do a pretty good job. Like it's pretty much them. There's uh, Andrew Sensenig, who's another like just independent, been around kind of guy. He plays kind of a guy behind the scenes, kind of like puppet master, pulling the strings kind of thing. But you don't like he doesn't get that much screen time compared to Amy and Shane. They pretty much hold the hold the movie on their shoulders, and they do a pretty good job. Um, other than that, like in relation to Primer, I Is that think similar with Primer as far as like how much screen time he got. Like was is it pretty much he's the movie? Um, I think he and he and his friend. Okay. Uh, I would say maybe Shane had a little less time in Primer than this, but yes, um, it's it's close. And I would recommend Primer. I'd recommend this movie to anybody that's interested. I ended up actually watching it on uh, Amazon streaming. I ended up running it on there. Um, he did self like he pretty much self released this movie. I'm pretty sure it's on Blu-ray already. If you wanted to catch it. I know people were complaining about the Blu-ray. Uh, Blu-rays have constant constant software updates, like Blu-ray players and what you're playing it on, and that there were issues. So if you wanted the Blu-ray, maybe you might want to wait a little while, um, and we'll let it like wait till the software gets updated and everything gets res- uh, sorted out. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think Jeff, you're gonna you're gonna like it, and I want to see it again. Like, there's a lot of questions involved. Like, is it an allegory? And if so, what is it? What is it for? Or what is it of? And um, Which one I, should I watch first? Watch Primer first, dude. Okay. First, and Primer's more up your alley. Like both of these are sci-fi-ish, but Primer's sci-fi, sci-fi. All right. Um, if that makes any sense. And yeah, I I I, I want to go into more of this, so please watch it soon because I, I want to talk about it. Hey, remember uh, that time that I was like, you need to see Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. So we can talk, mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you, how how long did that take him? <laughs> Just joshing you. Just joshing you. Don't worry about it. Feel yeah. Feel free to take a couple of years to watch it, but I, I I really want to watch this movie. Yeah, it was good. It was good, and I think anybody that was a fan, anybody that was a fan of Primer, check it out. If you're not like this is 
a movie about like it's a deep relationship before, between these two but it definitely has some sci-fi elements to it so if you're a sci-fi fan i'd definitely pick it up and i think it is worth multiple viewings i'm gonna catch it again for sure but uh yeah uh if you're looking for a popcorn movie definitely don't you need to be stone this, this is at zero beer theaters for you this is a zero beer movie what's that james was this at theaters for you uh no like it's pretty much doing the circuit and that's it like it's it's uh been released already and like i think it was in april was when it was like running around gotcha. uh and uh, i think it premiered at sundance and then it was like a couple alongside of fast and furious 6 yeah obviously <laughs> it, yeah it was after fast and furious 6 if that you know if that matters after the 14 and under crowd left they put it on for all the old people that haven't left yet um right so yeah Go go check it out. And Shane Carruth deserves our support. He's pretty cool. I totally just envisioned the scene from Caddyshack where all the, the adults have to leave the pool and the kids come running and jump in. Yeah. <laughs> the caddy, the 15-minute caddy period or yeah. whatever it is. I think it's supposed to be like 15 minutes. Okay, Fast and Furious is done. <laughs> oh, I um, cool. So Star Trek, we've got, we got an upstream color. Super cool. This weekend, Hangover and Fast and Furious. I'm sure Jeff will be reviewing both next week. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there might be, yeah, there might be a drunken feature in your guys's in your guys's future. So a lot of cool things coming up, and I guess we'll be talking about it soon. Uh, that is it for today's podcast. James, Jeff, thank you so much for your input. Yeah, thanks for stopping by, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, drive safe, ladies and gentlemen. See everyone later. Take care. The Phil Hartman's Tragedy Comedy Movie Hour. See you all soon. Yeah, so, oh, I forgot to bring it up on the podcast, shit. So I talked, so I'm talking to Steve on Skype. Yeah. And I go to Steve, like, this is a great question. I go to Steve and I just say, hey, like, so what do you think of the new Star Trek? That's what I said. So what do you think of the new Star Trek? And he goes into it and I'm like, whoa, dude. And he's like, oh, I I assume you saw it because you, (laughs) like, the way you asked me. I'm like, wait, all I said was, so what did you think of the new Star Trek? And he just assumed I saw it. Like, is that normal? I could see that actually. You think so? If, I don't know if that it's, it should be the default, but I can see where he could. If be. somebody comes up and you say, "So, what did you think of the Star Trek? What did you think?" I, I, like it, it kind of insinuates that you have an opinion about it already, kind of. Jeff, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody could feel you and say, "I feel like it could go either way." I, I think I would ask. I think I would ask regardless. It would take. Right. I think it would take. It would take 90, 97% certainty for me not to just be like, oh, did you see it? Like, right. 